this is Rhonda Hedges, the host of Humbly Human Podcast. I hope that this will bring you some joy and some laughter into your day. And hopefully the storm that you are facing give you a moment of lightheartedness to face what you have coming before you today or maybe something you've already faced. Enjoy. Hello, Humbly Human listeners. Today, I'm going to tell you a little story um, that takes me back several years, but is a wonderful memory that I have of a great family that really touched my heart and soul and changed um, a lot of the ways that I deal with everything um, in my day-to-day life. And I want to tell you about this story because I feel like it may help you to understand that some people come at us sometimes angry and upset. And really, if we can remember to frame that when people are angry and upset, it often has nothing to do with us. It has to do with some underlying experiences that have occurred in their life. So if you can keep that in mind, I think it will help you as you face your day to day. And so I'll um, share this story with you. And I hope that at the end, it's a little heavier there. Um, it's not a story that has a whole lot of funny, but there is a completely hilarious Rhonda moment and in this story. So I hope that you enjoy and uh, can laugh alongside me and understand that often the laughter, remember, is what helps us get through really tough times. I want to share that working in a school with students with intellectual disabilities as a school leader for 17 years, um, I've learned how to communicate and I've learned the importance of communication. I will never say I'm a great communicator because like so many of us, I have already formulated a response prior to listening fully to what someone has to say. Now, if you hear me say that and you say, oh, well, I don't do that. Well, I guess you're far greater than me because I do it pretty regularly, something I have to work on. We've all learned that active listening is critical to be an effective communicator. And yes, I struggle sometimes with being an active listener. As a school leader since 2004, in a school that had an increased number of students diagnosed on autism spectrum disorder, communication through picture supports has been a huge part of my career. However, it has also caused me to reflect on how pictures or images have shaped my life. I'm not sure if everyone does this, but I look back on images in my mind, a visual per se, and I can see things that have happened in my life, mental pictures that take me back to a moment. If I were to say the name of a person in your life, a mental image would most likely flash in your mind, or at least it does for me. I think of this as a caption. To every event, whatever that event, either positive or negative. Often, the image that initially appears when a thought or an experience is not always the one that I might have chosen, or it may not even be my most favorite image. I've always found this fascinating. However, images are directly connected to your experiences. Temple Grandin explains this best that individuals on the autism spectrum see the world in visuals, in pictures, that help them communicate and organize their thoughts. I remember listening to Temple Grandin speak and thinking, I do this too, and how I could completely relate to this communication style. These images are based on my experiences I have in life. This has shaped me as a leader to better understand that often the image one has when we communicate is not the mental image the person we are speaking to recalls or crafts. For example, I may have a positive experience come to mind when I think of something where the person next to me may have had a negative experience 
and a negative image comes to mind for them. This has truly helped me be a better communicator with families and students and even educators. To be exact, if you haven't experienced trauma or negative experience, they may go to this mental imagery and they have a very emotional response. I work in an inner city school district and many of my families have not had the same experiences that I have had. And so this makes a very different way of communicating or me maybe even understanding each other. This is never more true than that day I sat in a student meeting with a young cousin to a student with complex needs. The student's mother was not involved and the grandmother was not well enough to attend the meeting. The young female cousin came and as the educational guardian, we talked about school program. I did my traditional speech about how we would care and love the student and this would be a fresh start. I remember the cousin looking down at the table. She never really looked up at any point during the meeting. And I talked, as I spoke, she began to shake her leg. She appeared agitated. I mentally checked my words to make sure that I was being upbeat and positive and expressing myself in a way that wouldn't upset her. I explained that even if behavior occurred with the student, no matter how great, we would avoid creating an escape through display of negative behaviors. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of my charismatic speech about the greatness of our school and how we would love the student, like a pressure cooker exploding, she exploded in this voice, starting with an expletive. I've heard, I've heard all this before. You will call and you will demand that I come and get the student. She won't be ready and she won't be great when she's biting or hitting you. And she grabbed her things and jumped from the table. I remember it stunned me, breaking my heart that my words caused her to create a negative mental image when that wasn't what I was trying to express at all. As the young woman left, she turned and she looked at me, dead in the eye, first time in the whole meeting. She said, you have a lot to prove. After the meeting, I remember saying to myself, all alone, without anyone around, I have to change that experience that young cousin has about school. I've got to do something. And it weighed heavy on my heart. What a burden to take on in your early 20s when you already have your own children, caring for a sick grandmother, and now helping with a student who was pretty complex. I later learned that she also cared for a mentally ill aunt and made sure that the student's mother did not bring her addiction back into the home. The next months turned into years and the student need, needed a lot of care and attention. I would go to meet the bus on multiple occasions to assist on the transport home. As time passed, I learned to meet the cousin where she was and create a different image of education in her mind, to be there when she called and love on her in her anger. In reality, to this day, I respect her character, for it was far greater than mine and even ever has been, really. I would not take on the burden that she was bearing in her life for my relative. The strength she presented to speak her mind in that first meeting took far more courage than I've ever had in my whole life. We stayed in contact for many, many years after the student had aged from our program. One day, the grandmother came to school with a relative to share that the dear warrior cousin had passed from an aggressive cancer. I remember this shook me. I remember going back to my office and sitting and crying all by myself. 
not even 30 years old, and she was called home. I have a picture that I cherish in my desk drawer of her and the student on a plane flying to get further services. She had fought to get the student this assistance one summer. I will never forget the card had several pictures of them on the plane. This was my student's first time flying, and all I could think is, how in the world did she pull this off? I laughed out loud at the card. It said, I had to send you these pictures. This is us on the first flight. We look happy. But what you don't see is this is right before she hit the flight attendant and we were escorted from the plane. She signed it with a smiley face. There was so much in this picture that is hard for me to even express. I now look back on it and think she went and had them developed, got a card, and mailed it to me. This has not happened because I did anything remarkable. But what I did was help her recreate the image of education in her mind. I tell you this story because it created the educator I am today. It proves that not everyone connects what we are saying to a positive imagery we have in our mind. We must create these experiences for individuals, not being offended when the images they have created is negative or has an emotional response. It might cause you to pause or be stunned at first, Yet in reflection, one must evaluate that we only control our behavior and often we must change the images through positive experiences with other people. I caution that you may think this can happen in just a few weeks or months. In this story, I provide it took years to cultivate this relationship of trust. It is doing the things that are not like other people. I have so many colleagues that I work with in education that feel they have a right I don't have the exact words of how they get to this mental plateau, other than to say that they must think I'm a professional with skills above others in life and and that their actions are beneath me. As a leader or a person, I have never prescribed this mentality. I think this type of belief closes the door on so many learning opportunities, and I will later explain that more clearly. I say this when one day, the above described student was not able to ride the bus home. Now, some schools would require the family to come and get the student, but I already knew that the cousin had a new job and the grandmother was bedridden. so There really wasn't anyone to come. When the student was calm and ready to go home, we got into my car with a staff member. They lived in an apartment they had recently moved to, so I wasn't really sure of the number, and they weren't marked really well. The student and I stayed in the car while the staff member went into the apartment to determine the right building. While he was looking for the family, a man walked up to the car, pecked on the window. Of course, I rolled it down, and he said with a nice smile, what can I do to help you? He told me if I, you know, if I needed something, he could get it for me. At the time, I was a little confused, but then it hit me. He wasn't offering me vegetables and produce. Um, I said, no, we're fine. We're just bringing a student home from the school. And he looked at me and said, well, if you ever need anything, I'm your guy. When the staff member exited the complex, I asked him to stay with the car and to watch it. I normally would never do that, but I just knew that I didn't want to come out and not have a car. As I entered the small, well-kept, tiny apartment, A small voice came from the back bedroom asking me to come to see her. 
as I walked toward the bedroom, a small white dog, you know, those little yapping dogs, the kind that bite at your ankles. He was going crazy as I walked to the bedroom. I tried to pet him. He growled at me. I tried to say, hey, buddy, what's up? Didn't work. The grandmother was saying the dog's name in a weak voice from the bed. Her small head was hidden in the large bed and the nightstand riddled with prescription medication. I gently reached over and kissed her forehead, saying, your girl's home. Everything's fine. As I put my lips to her frail head, the small dog leaped through the air and sunk his teeth into the fatty tissue of my left buttock. I winced and held back the pain as I did not want to upset the sweet lady. I shook the dog free only to feel the blood flowing down my leg. I quickly said my goodbyes with a smile and exited the apartment not to show that the dog had taken a piece of my backside. I exited the building with a burning beyond belief. A funny story demonstrates that only this would happen to me. Exactly. But that your inconvenience is merely temporary if it helps another human. I tell you this as it creates the journey this family and I took along a long road to change the narrative for the student. I really believe that so many people will not go the extra steps because they feel it is not within their job title. I ask you to lead, no matter what your job title is, as a servant leader, with a servant's heart, because we're all here to help one another, to change the pictures that others have when they think of you, or think of whatever it is that you might do or bring to the world. Love on everyone, even when it's not comfortable, or maybe when your backside's a little sore for a couple of weeks. Don't worry. I didn't have to get shots or anything crazy, but I did have some nice holes in my backside. That funny story shows you that, you know, we all experience negative imagery about things that we've went through. But if someone takes that extra mile to help recreate that imagery, it changes your life. It changes who you are. I hope this has helped you today. Hope you enjoy everything that you're going to go through. And I hope that you, like me, Learn to have a servant's heart, no matter what. Hey, my backside healed. I'm fine today. Thanks. Have a wonderful, humbly human day. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Humbly Human. Be sure to like and follow so that you'll get more episodes from us coming soon. We'll drop a new episode every week. Have a great day.